This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's William Tincup, and you're listening to Recruiting Daily Podcast. Today, we have Donald Knight on, Chief People Officer for Greenhouse. We'll be talking about Greenhouse Open, but really, we're going to be kind of scattershotting around a bunch of different cool topics. So let's jump into introductions. Donald, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and Greenhouse? Yeah, William, I really appreciate you having me. Um, sure. A little bit about myself. I'm I'm very privileged and fortunate to be the chief people officer for Greenhouse, uh, which means that every day I get to wake up and figure out how can we do really three things. Uh, Number one, enhance the experience of so many greenies up and across our organization. Uh, Number two is try to make sure that we're creating an environment and nurturing a culture where they can continue to grow. Uh, And then number three, be very thoughtful in how we're developing them. Um, for the growth that we're seeing today uh, and tomorrow. So uh, very excited uh, to talk to you today and really dive a little deeper on whichever lane you want us to go down. You know, what's interesting, all three of those can be tied back to like things that happen in a traditional greenhouse. You know, when, when people think of greenhouse outside of greenhouse software, they think of plants, you know, like what you would put in your, in your backyard and, and, and how you would grow things. And, and ironically, enhancing, nurturing, developing, those all tucked are, are nicely tucked under that umbrella. I don't know if that was purposeful or not, but it's just really nice because it is, you know, you're, you're, you're doing all three of those things. And, 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 and so would somebody that's growing orchids. They'd be yeah. doing something similar. No, you're spot on. But part of, part of my own um, process in joining Greenhouse was, a working session with our CEO, Daniel Chate, and you really, they give you some guardrails on what that may particularly look like. But, you know, I went simple machine, built a greenhouse and talked about how we would be able to enhance, nurture and develop. So I'm glad you were able to uh, pick up on that. And it's almost an, uh, an acronym for, I think it's Stephen Covey, start with the end in mind. And if you look at, you know, the the first letters of each of those, for me, it's every day that I wake up, I have to start with the end in mind on the impact that we want to make from a people team perspective. And so uh, you're the first person outside of Daniel to pick up on that. So I appreciate you for that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. So uh, a couple of things, you, uh, your experience kind of coming into Greenhouse, uh, take, walk us through that. Like, what, what was that? What was that like? You're, you know, obviously an, an, a skilled HR professional now working for a, uh, a wonderful HR tech recruiting technology play, um, which I believe is a higher bar. Uh, it should be, if it isn't, it should be a higher bar. If you're selling into HR, <laughs> you should, yeah. you should possibly get HR better. Or if you're selling into recruiting, you should probably do it better. Uh, that, that doesn't always play out that way, but, 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 but it should be a higher bar. So tell us a little bit about your hiring experience. Yeah, that's a great one. So first and foremost, I fully agree with you. I, my story is rather funny in the sense that I actually thought it was a phishing attack. So I get this, this email 
And uh, it's it's from our CEO and it's signed by the CEO talking about, hey, there's a confidential opportunity. And like I'm sitting at dinner with my wife and I'm like, oh, they're getting really good. Like the cybersecurity opportunities for jobs moving forward is going to be vast and wide because look how good they're getting. Like um, and, you know, she kind of like laughed it off and we kept going. And it was the next day that it hit me. I'm like, huh, I probably should tell them that this level of impersonation and phishing is, is happening. So I go to let uh, uh, let him know. And of course, I knew Greenhouse, but I didn't know their I didn't necessarily know the website. And so that's what threw me off first is that the website is, you know, right now we're greenhouse.io. So I was like, oh, there's no way this is this is real. When I actually went to the website, it was a real website. And I'm like, huh. All of the greenhouse material I've read before, I've never noticed that it was .io because I just type in greenhouse software and it's the first thing to pop up in the search engine. So that was the first telltale sign. And then the second one was around when I actually looked to see who the CEO was, because of course I knew greenhouse, but I didn't know who the CEO was. Uh, come to find out it his, his name is actually Daniel. So um, the from inception, I felt like, huh, this is, this is already starting off as a rather unique uh, conversation and just continuously as I continue to navigate and progress through um, what appears to be you know very mutual interests, I I found that the leaders really spoke to two major opportunities that I just felt like I couldn't find at other organizations. The first one is this thought process of evolving from an applicant tracking system into a hiring company and how we are uniquely positioned to not only get hiring right at our organization, but to provide um, thoughtfulness and thought leadership to other organizations, which really spoke to me because I'm like, huh, yeah, I can look back at my career and see where hiring experiences were good and where they were bad. And so it's interesting, no one's really focused on that space. And then I think the second thing was the people. And you're right, if you're, if you're gonna be an organization that has um, recruiting software and onboarding software and structured interview software, and you're talking about the importance of hiring and getting it done right on the front end and eliminating bias and making sure that you know, you're uncovering talent from uh, all the, the full fabric of our community, you better be getting it right yourself, right? You got to be able to, to, to walk what you're talking in. And what I found is everyone seemed to um, be rather intentional in sharing their own experiences in joining Greenhouse and why they've continued uh, to stay and grow. So uh, it has been phenomenal. Uh, I'm, I'm getting close to my 90 day mark. It has been, we've done some rather thoughtful things and impactful things. Uh, here at the organization in that amount of time. Um, but what, what I will say is that um, we the green tea, I've, I've, I have completely drank the green tea and I'm all in on greenhouse. You can clearly see that the culture that folks talked about uh, was not just a talking point, but one that holds true even for me after joining. So one of the things on stage when I tell people that are generally when, when it's about HR tech and buying advice, I'm like, okay, so two things. First of all, talk to people that use the software. So leverage your network and talk to people that use it on a daily basis and get their feedback, what they like, what you know, what, what's problematic, whatever. Just 
talk to your peer, leverage your peer network. Second yep. is, is when you're talking to the salesperson, have them go into great detail on how they use their own technology. Yeah. Because if they don't use their own technology, that that's a signal. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, tell, a, right? that's a problem that, okay, you're selling this software and you're not even leveraging it. You're like, that's just, that's just horrible. You know, I, I wrote down a question when you're, when you're talking uh, because I wanted to get your, your, your take on this, the first hundred days, you know, advice that you give, you know, yourself and also uh, other people. And like, when you first come into a company, what do you, what's your approach? Like what's, you know, cause there's, there's no right or wrong. Everyone kind of does this a little bit differently, but what's, what's, what's Donald's approach to kind of the first hundred days? Yeah, that's, that's a, another great question. Um, one of my favorite books, my favorite book is Talent Makers, but my, my second favorite book would be The First 90 Days. And the author talks about, you know, the president of the United States has a 100 days to win over the country and set their agenda. You get 90. So um, the, the, my approach is rather um, intentional. I, I consider myself an incrementalist. I like to uh, listen before I act. But when I do act, I do act decisively. And so part of the way that I've been able to do that is a proximity tour. So I'm holding these proximity sessions, which are very uh, similar to a listening tour, but I'm meeting with folks one-on-one currently on our people team. uh, As of this morning, we're at 61. Um, And by end of business next Monday, I would have met with everyone uh, for about half an hour, with some folks being more than half an hour, just based on the way the conversation has gone. And the reason I do that is what I have found is that leaders typically join organizations and they're so much in a rush to seize those first 90 days and create change that they do so blindly. And it's almost a false sense of arrogance that you would know what needs to be fixed or changed. Um, And so in joining Greenhouse, there was nothing, there was no burning platform, like nothing's broken. Um, But there you know, I subscribe to this idea that the the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. And so the best way to improve as a leader from my perspective is to listen to the three groups of people that are in organizations, which are experts, managers, and executives. And so that's what I'm doing. And I told folks in my first meeting with the team that I'm going to prioritize talking to the experts first and then managers in this, and then executives. And the reason why are they're the closest to the clients, they're the closest to the talent, they're the closest to what happens every day. And so I've been able to do that in uh, these things called proximity sessions. Um, And it really allows me to do two things. I believe the greatest ideas are already in an organization. So leaders need to do two things, ask, and then in the words of Tillman Fertitta, the CEO for Landry's, shut up and listen. And so that's, that's what I've been doing is asking very intentional questions Uh, And then taking the time to just shut up and listen. And what I have found is the decisive actions that we will take uh, in the weeks ahead will be um, reflective of the insight that I've been able to to garner from the team. So that's typically how I try to engage and lead. It's funny. I started my career with uh, primary doing primary research for an ad agency. And uh, it was it was kind of an employee satisfaction survey, ironically enough. Okay. And uh, I did one on ones. I did I did group facilitated discussions, and then I did surveys. So I went around and did this whole bit. And when I broke it back out to or when I reported back out to the executive team, it was little things like it was like potted plants 
like they were in a building that they couldn't have live plants oh like, wow. for whatever reason and so like it just kept coming up it just yeah. kept coming up little 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 stuff like there was like five or six of them, those little things and i remember the ceo going are you sure i'm like yeah I'm sure he's like, I'm calling a meeting. I'm, I'm, I'm calling the landlord now and then I'm calling a meeting. And literally there was potted plants the next day. See, like it's little stuff like that. He's like, I had no idea. He's like, yeah, people want a ficus tree. It's crazy, but that's what they want. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, so I'm glad you were able to listen to them. That's, that's powerful. Oh yeah. Well, and, and again, you, you're, as you've done these uh, proximity meetings, you, you're learning all kinds of little things. And somebody's got a little bit of answer over here, a little answer over here, a little answer over here. You can actually then put those together and go, okay, I see. It's here already. The puzzle pieces are here. Just one of them's behind the couch. One of them's underneath the fridge, you know, et cetera. So how do you, what's your best advice for folks to kind of fight the status quo? You know, like we've always done it this way or this is the way that we do it. You know, this that you know, that you've, you've heard this language over and over. It's how do you get them to kind of rethink and get, get outside of that box and just kind of fight the status quo? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I, so part of the reason I label the conversations proximity sessions is because most people understand the concept of proximity which is, you know, I want to be able to build closeness or nearness with other folks. And, you know, my parents are military. I've lived in five uh, states, three countries before the age of 14. And what I found is by moving to so many different places, like there were times like I moved to a place I didn't know the language. I didn't know German when I first moved to Darmstadt. Um, but the second time I moved to Germany to, to Landstuhl, it was easier for me to make friends because I understood the language. That is a direct reflection of having proximity with people that were different from me. And so proximity for me is building bridges, not barriers. The biggest piece of advice I would ask people or, or I would give to people is, are you, are you in your actions building a bridge for someone else or is it creating a barrier? Um, and what I have found is that people are willing to listen. People are even willing to change when they know that you're uh, building a bridge or you're trying to preserve a bridge that's already built. Um, and so for me, that's been my biggest piece of advice around not being in the status quo. You can acknowledge and say, hey, look, we're not growing as an organization the way we want to or as a people team. You know, the culture is not when we measure the culture, the culture is not where we want it to be or um, the sentiment across talent is not what we want it to be. That's great. Cool. So what are you going to do about it? You got to go build bridges with people. You got to figure out what are the barriers between you and your desired goal or desired outcome. And what I have found is it is easier for people to have that conversation when you have nearness and closeness to them. So um, that's probably be the, the, the biggest piece of advice I leave for people as a leap behind. It's funny because I've, I've come to the same conclusion as in parenting is it's not so much about criticism as it is enabling. So mm -hmm. when I talk to my sons, it's like, I'll, even though, it, it, uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk to them about doing something better. I'll talk to them about how, how you enable your success the next time when you're put in that situation of leadership or whatever the bit is, it's, it's like, it's, it's a, just a different form of like, when I grew up, it was, it was more cursing kind of came in two forms, <laughs> constructive and positive reinforcement. That was it. You know, there's yeah. nothing else. And when, when you got, 
constructive criticism. It was really more less about constructive and more just <laughs> criticism. <laughs> and so it's like, okay, we all want to be a better father. So I need to actually think about this and the model that works with the, you know, these two kids. So I think I love what I love what you're doing. Um, I wanted to before we get to open the last question I have is um, on your annual, not that you're going to do an annual review or anything like that, uh, yeah. but on your annual, what is, what does success look like for you? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, I subscribe to this idea that prioritizing the development of people allows us to fuel our ability to retain them. And I think here at Greenhouse, I mean, we're growing at such an amazing clip. Um, but that also means that um, we have to be very mindful uh, and intentional that pe- if we're going to retain people, we have to create ways for them to grow here which means like that development has to be the priority. So what I would say is that, you know, a year from now that the things that we've put in place, whether it be changing processes or putting in new ones or or whether it's building development programs for different groups inside of our organization, that folks would say that the reason I'm choosing to stay or grow inside of Greenhouse uh, is because there is growth here for me. There's ways for me to continue to um, evolve and uh, develop down whatever uh, career um, trajectory that they desire. Uh, at the same time, I would hope that folks would be able to say, you know, that we had a lot of fun in the meantime uh, and that Donald uh, did so over a scoop of ice cream. So, William, you don't know this, but like everyone at Greenhouse knows that I'm very, very big on ice cream. Ice cream is one of the easiest. You're, you're over-indexed. You're, you're yeah. over-indexed in ice cream. Gotcha. Over-indexed. Yeah. And the reason why I tell you this small story that we can get to open is when I was in grad school, I was working 55 hours a week and, you know, I going to school at night and I really couldn't afford a lot of things. But the one thing that I could afford is ice cream. And what I found is that regardless of how my day went, if I had ice cream, my day would instantly get better regardless of what transpired. And so I use ice cream as a way to build proximity with people because at the very least, they might not like the conversation or maybe they may say, you know, Donald's not my cup of green tea, but they're going to at least enjoy a nice scoop of ice cream in the interim. So uh, hopefully folks are talking about that uh, a year from now when when looking at what we've done over the last 12 months. All right. So I got to ask you your favorite ice cream. You, you can't just leave it there. What's, oh, yeah. What so, are you going with now? Yeah. So right now there's two there's two 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 favorite uh, ice cream places that I have. The, the first one would be Jenny's ice cream. Uh, Jenny's is a phenomenal ice cream. They have one called cinnamon skillet. That would be, yeah, it's amazing. It has like cinnamon chunks of cinnamon, um, and like almost like these nice cookie chunks, uh, dude, it's, it's amazing. Uh, and then my second one would be actually from a place called Ruby scoops. It's in my hometown, uh, Richmond, Virginia. And I'm not necessarily a vegan by any stretch of the imagination, but I tasted one of their vegan ice creams uh, called cookie butter. It is absolutely phenomenal. And the young lady who started Ruby Scoots, uh, her name is Rabia, uh, Rabia Kamara. She went to school with me in undergrad. She actually won uh, the ice cream challenge on Food Network and like Jerry Greenfield from Ben and Jerry's like presented her with this nice check. Uh, and right now she's the hottest ice cream, 
uh, uh, joint inside of the Commonwealth of Virginia. So if it's not Jenny's, I'm eating rubies. <laughs> wow. Now, for those keeping track at home, when Donald was talking about the year in a year, he's, he hit development. You notice he went with enhancing, nurturing, and development. That spells out end and keeping the end in mind. And he went to the D. So just for those that keep track of this type of stuff, it's fantastic. You probably did it subconsciously, but it's just interesting that you went to development because it impacts everything. It impacts how you recruit people. Absolutely. It impacts internal mobility. It impacts you have, you have a chance in keeping talent if you develop. You have no chance if you don't. So I love that. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about open. What are you, what are you looking forward to uh, with, with Greenhouse Open? Yeah, no, this is, so this is greenhouse open is going to be phenomenal. This is my first open, by the way, William. So um, this will be my first time being able to uh, participate both as an attendee and as uh, a moderator. Um, what I'm most excited about is really the learnings. When you get that many uh, companies together um, that are at least being by by sheer fact that they're going to be present and the leaders that they're sending on their behalf to be present lets me know that they prioritize people. And so when you get that many people together who prioritize people, I think great things are going to happen. So I'm most excited about the learnings um, that we'll be able to take away and then build upon. Um, I'm a firm believer that momentum builds momentum. And so I'm just excited about some of the momentum I'm going to be able to gain just from being around uh, so many thought leaders in this space. Um, and those learnings, I think, will be able to fuel some of the priorities uh, and key decisions I'll have to make in the future. So that's what I'm most excited. Second thing I'm most excited about, staying specifically on brand, is having so many greenies in one space, particularly in uh, on the heels of the, or the activeness part of the, the pandemic. I think is going to be excited. So many exciting, so many people that I haven't met in person, but I've met uh, on the screen. And so I've already been asked out on a few ice cream dates. You know, I'm looking forward to that. And we're going to have like so many people together getting together to have some ice cream. So that's going to be fun. Oh, that's hilarious. So uh, one of the things I love about Open this year is it, it's it's a hybrid model. There's going to be sessions that uh, are going to be for folks that are virtual. And then obviously, you know, the, the Javits Center, it's the best conference center in New York. And uh, the last time they had it there, they, they also had it to Javits Center is just amazing. And so you got, you've got kind of, for the folks that are attending in person, you've got all the content you have access to. For those that are attending virtually, there's still content. And so you can still learn. So it, I love conferences from the sense in the same way that you framed it up it's like this is just a great way it's a petri dish put everything together and then just kind of see where it goes you're going to learn stuff if you're if you're if your heart and mind's open to it yeah you'll you'll learn things that someone else is doing now you might learn what not to do which is great <laughs> exactly, exactly. that saved you a step <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about doing that. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but, but I, I think that uh, I remember I was in uh, Kansas, Kansas Sherm, I think it was. And I was, I would, no one knew who I was. I had my badge on. I was just talking to all these practitioners at the table. I'm like, what makes a great keynote? Like, what do y'all love about keynotes? And we literally, it was just brainstorming. 
you know, like we like to be inspired, we like to be educated, and we like to be entertained. And I'm like, and that that has informed my speaking career since. It's like you know what, it, it, you can't over, you can't over index on any one of those. You, you got to kind of be all three. There, there is an entertainment part of it. And, yeah, you know, it's not just education. You, yes, you need to do that, but and you need to inspire. Like they're all important. Um, so I'm interested in that as well. I, I like I like going to sessions to see what I can pull out that I can then, you know, use for myself or use for, you know, people that I know. Um, you said you're moderating uh, a panel. What, what, do, what, are, what panel are you moderating? Yeah, it's actually going to be a, a one-on-one conversation um, talking about how do we somewhat unlock innovation and creativity on teams. So oh, cool. uh, the idea is that you start with diversity. Uh, and so, I'm looking forward to that conversation. Our conversation will actually be virtual, uh, which I love because, you know, Greenhouse is is a distributed organization. So over 70 percent of our talent is geographically dispersed and distributed, which I think is a beautiful thing. I also think it's the uh, way uh, additional businesses and organizations will navigate forward. And so, you know, sticking uh, on the brand, I'll be able to have that conversation. I'll be live in the Javits Center, um, but um, the young lady that I'll be speaking with uh, will be uh, in, in another location, which I think is great because it just allows us the opportunity to, again, practice what you know we preach uh, from a proverbial perspective and uh, be able to show folks that even with in-person and events, we need to be mindful of how we're uh, including and engaging talent uh, that may not be uh, physically present. So this is going to be fun. I love it. Last last question is success after open, you know, a month after open, when you reflect back on it, what, what will you think, what do you, what do you, what do you imagine success to be for, for you, for your experience at open? Yeah. Uh, success. I would say, uh, not just the key learnings, but I think right now I'm in a mode of uh, building bridges with others. Um, so learning more about them and uh, how we could co- potentially partner and collaborate together. I think success afterwards would be <clears throat> how many folks want to build bridges with me, right? And looking at ways that we can um, enhance uh, hiring processes not just at Greenhouse, but for other organizations and how we're able to then share some of that thought leadership uh, with folks that are aspiring to improve, um, but may not necessarily know how. So right now I'm building bridges with people, but I'm hoping that afterwards that people will want to build bridges with me. I love that. And I love the sentiment of, of, of trying things, innovating, doing things yourself, and then sharing what you're doing with your customers and your prospects and saying, okay, hey, we're not perfect, but we're, we're, we've tried this. This is what's worked with us. And you're putting yourself, you're, there's a vulnerability to that, but it's also you're laying out some, I say best practices, you're laying out some things that other people can try. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Donald, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for carving out time for us today. No, William, thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to our next conversation. I'll be able to tell you more about how the, how the experience went. Absolutely. And then I'll see you in New York. And thanks for everyone listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live Podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at Recruiting.